Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt and disempowering beliefs and patterns and break through to create the thriving and successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. I interview entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information that can help you move forward to move past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, which was formerly iTunes, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. You know, when I was a kid, my dad would talk about going on vacation to what he called Homestead Park, which meant, of course, that we were staying home. Every summer, we would take maybe a one-day trip to the South Jersey Shore, and we'd spend the day at our cousin's house in Ocean City. That was about three hours round trip in the car. We'd also take one day trip to another shore spot, this one closer to the mouth of the Delaware Bay, and we'd spend the day with my dad's side of the family at our aunt and uncle's house. That was probably another three-hour round trip. So it's a massive understatement to say it was hard to imagine spending three months in an RV with one of my parents. And when I think of the hours that I spent in in tears over a summer vacation trying to memorize multiplication tables, the thoughts of being homeschooled truly give me nightmares. But Gretchen Bruner did all of that with her kids. She took her kids out of school, packed them into a used RV, and set out to give them an adventure they'd never forget and help them make the connection that learning was fun. Even more surprising than the fact that she did it by herself and returned to tell the tale is that she discovered a whole new career and business as a result of the trip. Her journey didn't end when she and the kids pulled into the driveway. In many ways, it was just beginning. So listen in as Gretchen shares how she went from stay-at-home mom to adventurous instructor of her three kids how listening to the voice inside her led her to build a thriving business after the trip, how continuing to tune into the voice and follow its guidance led to a new path for her and new direction for her skills. She shared tips to take your own adventure and turn it into a book or speaking opportunities and lots of insight into how navigating your own personal and business journey can be a tremendous reward financially and personally. As always, listen all the way to the end, and I'll share your cocktail exercise and your action step for this episode. All right, so welcome, Gretchen. Thanks so much for being here. Let's just dive right in here, because the one question that I'm dying to hear the answer to, frankly, is what led you to take your kids on this big trip in an RV by yourself and did you have any idea that it was going to lead to a book and a whole business it's it's you know that is actually one of my most favorite questions because the shock on so many people's faces when i told them about this idea i had was one you're so courageous and two you're absolutely crazy stupid so the idea um literally came to me kind of like that lightning in your bottle idea I was on the, my, the playground at my kid's school. At the time, I had three kids or two kids in elementary. One was about to enter kindergarten. And I was standing on the playground watching this principal 
uh, quote unquote, lead these students in the morning. And she was berating this kindergartner to the point where she, the kindergartner had tears in her eyes. And the father was standing next to her looking at the principal with shock and dismay. Like, what? you cannot be, the, you know, the guardian of children acting like this. And right then I had this moment of like, why am I, why am I leaving my kids here? Why don't I take them somewhere else? And that just, the idea literally came to me, like a voice from heaven that said, you need to go travel the country with your kids, put them in an RV and go. And it was that night, I, I left school and I immediately went to AAA and I got a map of the United States. So by the time my husband got home from work that night, the map was laid out on our bed. I had already drawn the route. I had roughly sketched what the trip would be. It still gives me goosebumps to, to think about. He came into our bedroom. I said, I really need to talk to you about something. And I had the map out there and I went through the whole story and he just looked at me with, you know, this face of, you, you got to do this. And it, it was like, when other people have that experience, if things just fall into place, that's exactly what happened with this trip. So when we got back, um, I had a number of people say, Gretchen, you should write a book. You should write a book. And my answer was, well, I wrote a blog. Didn't, didn't you read the blog? <laughs> and, um, of course, it, it, it wasn't just a blog. It did become a book. But yeah. going on the trip, I had no idea that it would lead me to a book, which is really exciting. Yeah, it is. And it's amazing how every now and then you get like hit on the head with a shovel and right. your life changes literally in that in instance. And I think that that's such an important issue to recognize that how many of those inspiration moments do we get that we go, nah. Yeah, don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. Right. And okay. we don't pay attention. It's really true, and, I, and I've actually talked about that exact uh, point with a lot of people because when somebody says, you know, do something, and then for me it was write a book, the, the, the personal challenge of I'm not a writer or this isn't that exciting, I totally downplayed my own story and my own message. And the, the, what I think is exciting is I sat down to write this book, and at the end of my rough draft, I hated it and I threw it away, oh. and I started the whole process over again, but that made it a better book, and I was grateful to have gone through that evolution, because sometimes your first draft isn't what you're going to stick with as far as the whole framework or the story of it, you know, to me, I didn't capture the essence of what that trip was for all of us, and what I would want to share that with other people, and that, that part of the book writing process was um, I think the most exciting part to feel the story actually come alive and come out in a way that made others excited about the trip. Yeah, that's great. And and then to have that courage to say, this just needs to go right in the delete button on the trash can on my hard drive and, and start all over again. Great books are born in the editing process. And right. I think so many of us resist that. And maybe it's because that it was a painful process to write anyway, but it's editing is just, and be ruthless with your editing. Be ruthless. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes, absolutely. So, so it was after people, after you came home and people encouraged you themselves to write that book. It really wasn't something that had popped into your head. No, and I, and I think it's in part because I did the trip for very personal reasons. I didn't do it with this goal of, I'm going to, this is a gonna lesson. Great. Right. It, it became that and, and for which I'm grateful. And with the people, my, with my good friends encouraging me to write the book, um, I, 
I'll never forget when the book showed up at my house in, in printed form, like, oh my gosh, here it is. And, you know, my kids, the, the, the pride that they could share in that, in that process. And th- what was interesting to me too is the, the next step was to do the speaking part. And there are so many authors out there that want to be speaking, that should be speaking, that a book is, a book is not only an extension of your message, but now, of course, you on stage as an extension of your message. So it really became a hand in glove, you know, combination between having, having written the book and then taking that to a stage. So, and that's a great lead in. So let's talk about how you did then take that to the stage. I mean, when you started writing the book, were you thinking about speaking at all? Or was it just one of these things that just kind of snowballed because then you could suddenly see that this was bigger than, than just a trip? Right. And well, the speaking thing happened the same way the book happened, which was like, how I'm going to do that, because I had a resistance to writing the book. Again, I think many, many of us devalue our stories. Yes. So I, I conquered that and wrote the book. And then again, this, this voice says, Gretchen, you need, you need to go speak. Well, I am as afraid of public speaking as the next person. I would rather face the denim lions. So when this voice was like, you got to speak, you got to speak. I'm like, really? Like, I, I wrote the book. Isn't that good enough? And what happened was I, I then embarked on my own journey of learning how to be a speaker. I, I couldn't even do a family toast. No joke. I mean, I, I would just want to fade into the woodwork. So I did a lot of the training on how to be the speaker and then I realized, wow, I, I don't know actually how to get myself on stage. So it, it, it was this step, this, this process of understanding how the speaking industry works, how to get yourself booked on stage, how to find the gigs. So I learned all that. It was the own personal, you know, your 10,000 hours. I spent 10,000 hours on the road in an RV. You know, then you write your book and you spend 10,000 hours doing the training and getting on stage. So I, I've got a lot of hours now. So yeah. <laughs> The same reaction of okay, I'm going to write a book, and now and now I'm going to speak about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is a process. And I, and what I love about that is that it's really one step, one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. And that you had to just have faith enough to listen to write the book. Well, first to go on the trip, but then to write the book, and then to say, okay, well now it's speaking. So. I, I think that you don't necessarily need to have that big ultimate vision of, oh, my gosh, I'm going there and I'm creating this big thing. Sometimes it's just, all right, I'm going to do this now. All right, I'm going to listen and I'm going to do that now. Right step. And it's right. so funny that you say this. I, I talk about it in, in the book. For me, it was it's what's around the next turn. I'm just going to pay attention to the road that's in front of me right now. I can't see what's you know, over that mountain pass. I'm just going to be here. And if you apply that kind of thinking to the process of writing a book, to the process of speaking, it's exactly the same. And one other note about that is when I went on the road trip, which was, you know, I I forgot to tell you, it was three months long. We crossed 19 states and we logged over 10,000 miles. And I homeschooled the, the, the kids you know, for their fall semester. So my husband would stay home from work and then we were on the road alone. We called our, we were the road scholars. But I expected, here's the ironic thing, I expected to break down on the road. I expected failure because to me, like, why wouldn't I? I'm in an RV. They always break down, right? right? But I think we forget to apply that of 
we, you can expect to have a next step that, that may trip you up or may help you course correct. Right. But it's not a bad thing. Like our breakdowns led to other lessons and other really great adventures. So with the book, my breakdown was I got to write this again. And so I did. And speaking is the same thing. You get out on stage that first time, you will trip up. You will lose your, your thought. You will, you know, trip over your words. Right. But that just makes the next stage better. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know Mike Koenigs is famous for saying your first video is your worst video, I think. And right. and that doesn't mean you're never going to do video again. It just means that you're just going to keep doing it and getting better and better, better and better. better. I, remember, I remember the first time I actually taught in front of a group of, of people. Uh, it, I must have sucked. But I remember, I remember it was orientation. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was my. It was the first time I was paid to be a trainer. Was orientation <laughs> the first time I ever actually taught a group of adults? I was not a teacher. I had suggested a course, and then of course at work they said, "Great, you teach it." So I had to figure out how to create a training course, and then I had to figure out how to teach it. But I remember standing there thinking, "I'm going to get choked up." This is what I was born to do. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. But I think that if I had said, I don't know how to do it, I'm not, you know, it's just, all right, well, what's the first next step? And Jack right. Canfield talks about that, that, you know, we don't stop driving our car because the car lights don't go a mile down the road. Right, 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 right. It's only it's 200 feet. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Right. When, right. On the road trip, when you said, you know, you felt you were born to do this, when that night when my husband came home and, and he saw the look in my eye, he told me um, years, like years later when I was writing the book, was it was part of the closing chapter of he knew he couldn't say no to me because of the look in my eye saying, you know, come hell or high water, this is what I'm going to go do. So the same thing about you were meant to try, like that, that trip was meant to be what it was. Right. Yeah. And it, and it is, it's, it is powerful and we get those signals and we dismiss them. So right. I think the, the, just, there's so much courage here in recognizing this moment as this is a horror and I'm not having my kids part of this and being right. brave enough to say, I'm doing something else and this is what I'm doing. And oh then, gosh. then the brave, the bravery and, and courage of just being out on the road like that. And I think the one issue I want to really hammer home here is this point of, you were planning to fail. And again, Jack Canfield talks about this, and I know the, or the law of attraction listeners out there, you know, there, there is this literal, well, then that's why you did. Well, right, which is so not what my intention was. Right, exactly. Right. And, and I'm, not, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I, right. I, I'm totally fine with how this works out. Like, right. And Jack Canfield even says, plan for when this happens, this bad thing, right. I will do X. I mean, right. I think of it as part right. of good risk management, right? It's part of running a business. It's part of running a family. Like, I'm sure that you d never wished your kids ill, but right. you certainly knew that when they fell down, you would exactly. do whatever. That's why you have a first aid kit, right? Yes. I mean, you, you yeah. couldn't be more accurate in that. I, I carry two cell phones with different carriers. In case, I took my 11-year-old out before he left, had him drive the RV in case. Nothing like that happened. I mean, yeah, we broke down, but it wasn't life-threatening or anything. But you're absolutely right. It was being comfortable with uh, the unknown. 
And that's a book writing and God knows that speaking. You're going to be comfortable because you're going to be vulnerable. And that, I think, is really important. And the it is. courage to move through that. You know, actually, there's a funny story. I drove in flip-flops most of the road trip because I realized when I'm scared, my feet sweat. I had no idea. <laughs> and so I would drive in flip-flops like, you know what? It's going to be scary, but that's what I, that's part of my management system. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's not really great. I'm flip-flops because fear is going to be there and you just got to know how to go through it. And that's exactly right. Yeah, it, it, it is. Just recognize what you're feeling, talk yourself down, and, and but keep moving. That's really the important thing. So, okay, you eventually realized, though, that speaking was not really for you. Can you talk about that realization? And, and you've shared some of that in other conversations that we've had, some of that awful yeah. feeling. Well, you, you know, I did everything I could do to get speaking gigs, and it worked. I mean, I, I was speaking internationally, you know, domestically, TV, you know, media, magazines, you know, news, everything like that. What actually happened, though, is I had a number of friends and colleagues. My husband actually was the first one who said, you've really gained a lot of momentum in your speaking. Can you help me do that? So it, the whole business pivoted of me being in front of the curtain to behind the curtain in helping other people find and book speaking gigs. And then, as, as the universe would have it, um, my business grew so fast that my health actually gave out because I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with, with the demands. Right. But, you know, that was a good, another good, another turn in the road, which was great because I realized if I can now train the talent, which I call as the speaker, the author, the expert, you know, the entrepreneur, the small business owner, I can train the talent how to do this work of finding a booking gig. But more importantly, I figured out I can train the team and the team that can do this work on behalf of their talent. So that I still speak, but it's not my uh, sole purpose anymore. I, I, I'm happy to do it. I still do it. You know, I spoke 19 times in the last six weeks, six, yeah, six weeks, but I find the most pleasure in, in teaching others how to do this for them and their business. And your speaking is different now, right? Your speaking totally is about different. how to speak, and, right. and it's how to get better gigs and how to do more with your speaking. And, it's and not on how to have a trip with your kids. No, a, a great right. point. Yeah, no, it's completely different. It's, it's why speaking is so important, how to do it effectively right. as far as finding that right audience for you and your message. Yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. So I think then what, what I'm hearing also is this courage to recognize that you come to these, whether they're decision points, these bumps in the road. I mean, I, I had a health issue as well, and you do have to recognize that this is a signal, and I have to listen right. to it. And then it's just, it's, it's like it's cutting off this particular route, but go this way. This I, I, is now the path. Everything goes back to the road trip. It's such a funny analogy, and it works every single time. Yeah. Literally, you break down, you get repairs, you keep going. You know, you take a bend in the road, you keep going. We broke down on day two, and my husband ran into a neighbor father in the neighborhood, and um, he said, oh, I heard she broke down. Is she coming home? And my husband said, no, she's not going home. She's getting it fixed and moving on, and that is part of yeah. of our entrepreneurial Brilliant. world of you you just move forward yeah you fix it as best you can and sometimes it's with like a macgyver fix Duck gum. with my best friend <laughs> right that's exactly right and you just figure it doesn't have to be perfect and i think right. from an entrepreneurial standpoint we see the gurus out there right mm -hmm. with their flashy 
handouts and their flashy websites and their flashy, you know, everything. And we look at ourselves and think, I can't have handouts that are that beautiful because I can't whatever. Right. And so, well, then I can't do this. You start where you start, as my friend Melody Rush often says, and you just keep going. And you just keep going. You just keep driving. You just put one foot in front of the other. You just keep standing on the stage no matter how bad your knees are shaking. You keep standing there and owning that space. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. So do you, it, let's look at um, summing some things up and, and sharing some tips with folks. So first of all, what tips can you share with others who think that they've got an adventure or something in their experiences that they could write a book and start speaking about? Certainly. So my my first reaction to that is I began speaking in the RV industry because my trip was in an RV, and that made sense to me. Like, why wouldn't I want to speak at an RV? Well, I, I found out that's the wrong audience. They're, they're wanting to talk about tanks and tires, my audience was over here in the mom's group. Okay. So as you have an adventure and you want to speak, it is important to really understand who your audience is. And I don't say that lightly, and most people will dismiss that because they hear it all the time. But it is the most it's critical thing. Yeah, it is. And it can be hard. And, and certainly, I evolved as a speaker. I, I recognized that I had one audience that I thought was right but wasn't, which was fine. And then I, I, I choose better to identify the right audience. So as you have your adventure, as you start to speak, don't be afraid of your evolution. Don't be afraid to course correct. Don't be afraid that to test something out, feel like, it. oh, that didn't feel good, but it's still a data point. And those data points are absolutely essential to get you in the right direction. Outstanding. That's fantastic. And I think it, it goes back to that uh, uh, Edison quote, of the reporter who asked him, you know, 10,000 times you failed making a light bulb. And he's like, I learned 10,000 ways it didn't work. It wasn't. Right. So it's, it's we're labeling failure, mistakes in our head. It's just data. And I think the faster we can embrace that concept and really feel good about it, the faster we start to move forward confidently. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the first times I spoke, and I know we'll wrap up here. It was mm -hmm. at an RV show. In RV world, you speak up to five times a day because they have a number of breakouts. Okay. This, is, this is now the fifth breakout of the day. Between the fourth and the fifth, I break down. I am in a pile of tears. I am so stressed out from having to try to, to do this speaking. In walks this man, and I look at him, and I say, I think you're actually in the wrong breakout. Like the tanks and tire session is the next door over. I talked him out of coming to my session because I couldn't <laughs> do it anymore. As he walked out one door, I literally ran out the back door. Should anybody else show up? Was that a failure? It was a data point for me of like, all right, you, right. you know what? You got your feet wet and muscle up and let's go forward again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I consider that a light bulb moment. Totally. That's really what that was. That's a light bulb yeah. moment. And, and again, I think that that's a point to be hammered home, that when we use the word failure, mistake, some, you know, something like that, it's somebody else's opinion that we're carrying around in our head. If we really honestly looked at that detachedly, we could see it as it is, as a data point. Right. So I think that that's one of the universal struggles that we all wrestle with is 
dismantling those judgments that we carry from our past that, and it could be our recent past from just corporate life and listening to you made a mistake, you know, over and over again, it's now just data. All right. So that is, that's fantastic. I can't believe that you've had this big adventure and that it's turned into this tremendous business for you, really. I mean, it's really a testament, I think, to listening to that little knock, that intuition, right, that comes in. So can you share a little bit about exactly how this business has has turned, what it's turned into, what the work that you do with folks, and where can we go to learn more about you, that work, and connect with you? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, that that night I told my husband about the road trip, I looked at him later, and I said, I I have this feeling that this trip is going to lead to something much bigger than what I can see. And sure enough, that is this business. And I am now able to help people, business owners, authors, experts, coaches, even virtual assistants and admins who provide the speaker support to people, how to get their message out to the world, how to find and book those speaking gigs, free, paid, live, virtual. There are, there are so many stages out there now. Thank goodness for the Internet, for this virtual stage. It's really opening up quite, you know, quite a bit for, for reach. So I am now in this position of my business of helping others put their adventure on the stage to get their message out. And again, it's also thinking about training their support, their team, so that everybody has a win. Because as a, as a, as a talent, as a business owner, you've, you've got a lot on your plate already. So it's really important to have your team provide this ongoing and consistent effort to keep your speaking funnel full for long-term success. And so I, I couldn't feel more excited about working with these people and being a conduit for messenger. I mean, how exciting is that? I know. It's incredible. I, I just, I'm so proud of you and I'm so impressed by how much impact your work has on people. So you've got the talent, as you call them, the speakers who, if they're in do-it-yourself mode, are able to take your training and do it themselves to start right. getting more and better speaking opportunities, but then you've got this whole other line of folks, these VAs, these admins, who are able to really build their business by offering this as a way to support a very specific audience who needs help. They're easily identifiable. So I think it's spectacular that you've got these two distinct uh, groups that are are really being bridged together. And the nice thing is, I can either train the talent's internal team or I have a team of VAs that a talent can reach out to. And I fell into this literally untapped market of putting these, it's like the peanut butter and the jelly, it's the team and the talent putting them together. And so I am very grateful for that. And to answer your question, people can always find me on my website, which is just GretchenBrunner.com. And on that, actually, for those who are interested in trying to do more speaking, I've got an opt-in, a free, it's called my 52 speaker tips. And it's all the tricks that I learned in being a speaker myself. Yeah, so I feel like it's it's super helpful in helping a speaker have that long-term success because uh, note to self, it is a journey. It is a, it is a road trip, and you want to feel like you've got your, both your cell phones, your water, and your food packed. You want to be prepared, and I and I can't tell you enough about how passionate I feel for people to get their message out there, and if there's any way to help them do that, that's why I'm here. I'm so happy that you were able to spend time with me today and to share this great information. I never tire of hearing your story. And, uh, you know, I want to help people see that there's opportunity everywhere you look. And uh, so I'm really glad you were able to be here today.
Thank you. Thank you so much. My next adventure will be hopefully to, to take this story to the screen in some way. Who knows what that looks like, but that's my, my next structure, my next right. story structure. <laughs> so we're, we're putting it out there and, for yep. the universe, okay, universe, and you can stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I hope you found that as fun and inspiring as I did. I could go on for another 30 minutes about how fabulous Gretchen is. Now, remember, if you like this episode, I hope you'll share it with your connections. Please also leave a positive rating and review on the platform where you're consuming this. You can become a fan of the show and join my community of courageous entrepreneurs by signing up at my website, winnieanderson.com. You'll get episodes sent to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you break free from disempowering patterns and beliefs and break through to create the success a thriving, successful business that you dream of and deserve. Okay, so your cocktail exercise for today. Of course, that's what I call your reflection exercise. No alcohol is, is required. Don't drink to excess, and please don't drink and drive. Anyway, I want you to ask yourself if you've heard that voice sending you messages, and if you've been taking action based on what it's told you, or if you've ignored those messages. Pastor Joel Osteen once said that the reason we don't hear God when we ask him for guidance is because he's talking to our heart and we're listening with our head. I love that. Listening with your heart is one thing. Taking action on it is quite another. So think about that. Do you embrace and follow your intuition, if that's what you call it? For me, I try to remind myself that what I'm hearing and sensing is a message from God. The late Wayne Dyer talked about how our job isn't to figure out how we'll do something. It's to say yes to doing that something. To say yes to what God, the universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, is putting in your heart. So are you hearing and saying yes? Or are you caught up in the how you'll do it and saying, I could never do that? Well, your action step. I want you to buy yourself a notebook. Now, it can be one of those, you know, composition books or a spiral-bound uh, spiral notebook from the dollar store, or it can be a, a nice one that's, you know, pretty and heavy. And I want you to make writing in it a daily activity that you add to your day. Now, I got this activity from Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write one page full of affirmations and future-focused positive statements that speak to who you are and who you're becoming and what you'll ultimately become as well as the things you want. You want to write in as many I am statements as you can. I believe that making I am statements and writing them is how we connect to and channel the divine. So you might write things like, I am the top authority in my field for, and then fill in the blank, you know, with whatever field you work in or whatever area of concentration you work in. Maybe you'll write, I am so happy and grateful for, or I am so happy and grateful that, and fill that in. Remember, be as detailed as you can when you write these statements. Don't worry about being grammatically correct or that's too long. I mix my statements with things I'm working towards in the now, in the immediate future, which I think of as a few months away, the soon future, maybe a year, 18 months, and then the long-term future. And that long-term future is tied to my vision, to 
to what I'm ultimately trying to, uh, to do for the world and the impact that I'm working to make. These statements really do keep me feeling strong and focused on that vision. This is also a way to stay focused and avoid getting sidetracked because lots of other opportunities come into our vision, our, our work, and it's up to us to say, is this going to move me forward is towards my vision, or is it going to keep me stuck? Or is it a distraction that's going to take me off in another direction that ultimately will not truly move me forward? Those who have done this exercise and have, have shared it with me have really started seeing the universe begin to send them signals that things are starting to shift and to align for them. I know it's happened to me. But I'm going to give you one caution here. And this, all, this also comes from Wayne Dyer. Dr. Dyer talked about how it's important to resist telling other people when you start manifesting when things really start to come into your life or you see things shift like this. So it's important to resist telling other people about it because I know it's exciting and you want to celebrate because it's so it's amazing when it happens. But it's really the ego that is part of that celebrating. So what you want to do instead is say thanks to the divine, to give thanks for what you're starting to see, to let the divine know you are ready for more and you are ready to receive. You want to resist this because, like I said, it's the ego that is doing the celebrating and you want to resist telling people, I mean, because it's the ego doing the celebrating. And, and when you do that, when you bring the ego in, it breaks the connection between you and the divine, and it will actually slow things down. It can set you back, send you off into some side road that is never going to get you ultimately to that destination that you want. So when you start to see things and you want to celebrate, you can find me on Facebook and post on my wall that things are aligning for you. I'll know what you're telling me, and I'll send up a woohoo and a prayer of thanks on your behalf. Well, that's it for this episode. If you want to check out links to the resources that we referred to, especially to Gretchen's website and her gift of 52 tips for speakers, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash trip, and everything will be right there. Thanks for joining me. I'm looking forward to talking with you again. And remember, you're capable of so much more than you think you are.